Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. John Duncan here. And, of course, I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And, Darian, buddy, I've got a feeling this ain't, <laughs> this isn't going to be a, uh, a pretty episode because UAB did go 0-2 on this road trip. UAB is yet to win a true road game this season under Anna Kennedy. Uh, they go 0 and 3 on the road so far. As you know, we 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 had the recap on FAU. We're, we're, we we can hit on FAU if we want to, but we did that on our instant reaction, guys. If you have not listened to our FAU game recap, go ahead and uh, listen to episode 124, the previous episode. That'll get you caught up on all what happened in the FAU game. But what happened Saturday night just simply wasn't pretty, Darren. UAB drops a a game at FIU where UAB blew a double digit lead and lost in overtime 90 to 87 to the hands of the FIU Panthers, which is quite frankly, a very bad team. I'm not, I'm not even going to, you know, I've seen some Blazer fans saying like, well, they're not that bad. No, this is, <laughs> this is a team UAB should have rolled like this, this UAB. I know they just beat Charlotte Thursday night, but UAB had no business. Like, letting FIU hang around in this game and, and and you know and UAB got it up the lead up to double digits but just a very very frustrating you know couple of games for Andy Kennedy and company yeah I mean not not only the the FAU game and uh in this game but you know going back honestly it's it's always been it's always been mixed in there like we haven't really I mean I I still haven't let go of really of that Toledo game and how we looked. And I know we didn't have our identity then. Yeah, and that was early on, but still, I, I agree with you. Yeah, that game really bothered me. And, and then to see how Toledo has carried on since that, it's like, okay, what are we? Because they're not the team we thought they were, you know. Right. And then you just go on to I, – I remember seeing some, some flashes and – Going back to South Alabama, that game got tight. And South Alabama is not all that, a basketball team. But seeing how they were able to take advantage of, you know, of, of some of our weaknesses. Um, and then, of course, you got the UTEP game. It's kind of like, oh, which I thought, honestly, I thought we lost that game. Yeah. But by the grace of God, we, we pulled that one out. And um, so I'm like, wow, okay. Um, we... We ain't who we thought we were, you know, because, you know, you look at West Virginia. That was a big game we had circled. You look at Toledo at the time was a big game we had circled. You go to FAU, that was a big game mm-hmm. we had circled. We lost all three of them. We It's a good argument that we probably we deserve to lose against UTEP. And then you got this FIU game. And it's just like the cherry on top. And so it's kind of it, it, it makes you reevaluate who who are we? We are we who we thought we were? Okay, let's talk about some of these problems and let's be factual with it. We don't have to be ugly for the sake of being ugly, but we need to be factual and honest. No, we do. I 100 percent agree. And Darren, you know, before we started recording this episode, we we both agreed that hey, we're we we are going to title this episode. How will UAB basketball respond to adversity? Because, buddy, what they do these next three games, 
I mean, that, that could tell, you know, how this season is going to go. Yes, they dropped two on the road in a row. Probably, thank thank God we don't ever have, you know, I saw Dave said on Twitter, you know, thank goodness we don't have to ever play at uh, FIU Arena again. I, I'm so glad we don't have to play there again. But, I mean, this game, this team, Darren, you cannot, I don't think you can argue that this team is the most talented team in Conference USA let alone one of the most talented mid-major teams in the country. But when you've got finger-pointing, when you've got guys fighting same teammates for the rebound, when you've got just careless turnovers, like, these guys have got to learn how to communicate better on the court. And that is what I tweeted out right after the game. I said, look, it's obviously, hey, they got to work on rebounding, but they've got to work on communicating with each other as a team. Because if you want to play good defense in college basketball, you've got to talk to each other. You've got to know where each other is on the court, who's got who. And half the time, Darren, I don't know if it's just me, but it looks like they don't know what in the hell is going on on that court. Yeah. Like, do these guys even want to put some of these guys, do they want to play defense? I I don't know, and I and I did love. I I I didn't catch um, Andy Kennedy's. I didn't hear myself his statements after the game, but I caught the the uh, what he said, the text of it, and people said the passion that he had in his voice was saying, "Hey, I know the changes we need to make, and I'm going to make them. You know, they're going to play defense." That's good. And, and I and I like Ali. He said that this game was on him. He, he accepts all the responsibility and they will make the necessary changes. And they said that he was very, very passionate and very, very upset. And I, I love that. I love to hear that, but I like to see more, yep. you know, um, I've always from the beginning of the year, I've always been worried about our roster construction mm. with that being that we have two small guards. Like Aaron Gaines is a good defensive player, but he is, Still a small guard. He's six two max, right. but he and then he's not a sturdy six two. Like if you looked at some of um, FAU guys, they were like kind of big, you know. Like as far as for guards, they were small in height, probably six one, six foot, but they had some muscle mass on them. Eric is very athletic, athletic, and he's very explosive, very quick, it's fast, very quick and fast. Mm-hmm. But he is not. He is very slight of build, and he's short. He is best at defending point guards. Um. So then you got Jelly. Jelly is a you know he's a defensive liability, and we all know that he's only he's only five eleven. You know, like he can only mm-hmm. do so much on that court. And so I always thought like having two guys that size in the backcourt that was going to present a problem. But I thought that maybe we could overcome it. You know, because um, Ladarius, I mean, Ladarius got pretty good size at 6'5". Um, he's not the biggest guy or the, nor the most explosive, but he has some size and he can move. And then we got we got Jemison and Buffin back there. Both good. Both are good defenders. Shout out to Trey Jemison. Hey, hell of a game at FIU. Yeah, he, uh, career high 17. I mean, he it's almost like he listened to. I mean, he probably didn't, but it's almost like he listened <laughs> to our FAU game recap and was like, all right. We challenged him. Yeah, yes, and he rose to the occasion. Like he, I thought he played very well at FIU. In fact, he was one of the. I mean, 
he was our best defender on the on the court. And I, and I know that, oh, Darren, you know, with his size, like a lot of the times he is and he knows he has to be. But, yeah, shout out to Trey Jemison because I thought that was one of the few <laughs> bright spots uh, to take from FIU uh, Saturday night. Yes, Trey has size, but he he's not that explosive. He is now he is extremely strong, extremely big individual with enough explosiveness to him. So he just got he just needed to learn how to correctly use his body and put in his positioning. He can get a lot of stuff done. He just got to do it a certain way, like I said, like a Stephen Adams in the NBA. But I think he did a good job. Seventeen points, twelve rebounds, three blocks. Like he, he was like the long bright spot, and he was seemed like the only guy that was interested in playing defense. Um, I like I like our bench pieces. I like who we, you know, I like some of our bench pieces coming out. But I'm just ain't no other way to put this. It's like I starting backcourt loaded with talent. Like I said, and I was I was talking about the roster construction and how hard it is to cover for defense. Um, co- cover defensively for each other because they're both small. Mm-hmm. So if you if you kind of lean them, I this is the one of the first years I've seen a lot of guards posting up against our guards. Like I said, we go back to the FAU game, and then Janelle Davis. Every time he's a guard, he's like six three, but he was every time he had jelly on him, he turned into JV and Davis, mm-hmm. and he got two and ones on jelly, like a six three guard. And then even and then he started going right at Eric Gaines because he was still bigger than Eric Gaines and more physical. Once you get to a certain spot, there's nothing you can really do. We have to try KJ buffing on him, you know. So that's our weaknesses are glaring. Not only that, with Jelly and Jelly is one of the greatest Blazer basketball players ever. Let me preface that, like. Jelly is up there. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I'm. I'm not gonna say he's the best because I don't know. It's too. It's. It's too many guys. But yeah, he's there's up, a lot of guys here. <laughs> he's up there. We all know that. Oh yeah. Well, the the thing about him though is, if I'm a coach, I'm saying, hey, get him out of rhythm. Don't let him score. What is he gonna do? What is he gonna provide other than scoring? If I'm the opposing coach, I'm gonna just take him out the game because. Playmaking well in the FIU, he had what eight nine turnovers, eight turnovers, yeah. <laughs> to how many assists? Oh, oh man, uh, hold on, let me look real quick. Maybe two. Hold on, he might not even got that. Let me see. I think it was somewhere around three or four. Oh, he got four. Yeah. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah. You know because he couldn't he couldn't get his game he couldn't get his shot going. It's other ways to affect the game and. Him being his size, his stature, say, okay, the defense is all, always going to respect his shot. Of course, that's the reason they're going to fight over screens. They're going to scream and run at him and get him out of rhythm and make sure he doesn't get an open shot. So if he missing them in the beginning, then maybe on later on in the game, he get an open shot. He's going to clank them then because he's out of rhythm. Well, you got to find other ways. Like, if you know that your gravity from shooting the ball is pulling so many guys, okay, let me set up guys. Or let me play off ball. I, yeah, I got eight turnovers. I'm clearly forcing the ball. I'm trying to do stuff, and I'm forcing it. Let me run off of screens. You know, let me create gravity so maybe Eric can can, can do pick and roll, and maybe Eric can get downhill and use, it, use his athleticism 
Let me sit in the corner and spot up. Like it's different ways to affect the game. Like let me let me get in the middle of the defense and let me find let me drive and kick. Like find ways to affect the game other than scoring because to me it seems as if if his scoring isn't going, nothing is going for him. Like his passing, his decision making. It's all off. Yeah, I agree. It's all off. And that is a true criticism. Anybody can see that. This isn't talking bad. This isn't no. talking ugly. This is real. Any any coach is gonna scout that. Mm-hmm. And then also like with Eric, everybody's gonna scout like with Eric. I will put Eric in the. I will put him in position. I will put him in tense this uh positions to make. I want him to make a decision. Like so, what we've seen from him is he'll turn the ball over, mm-hmm. especially in critical moments. You ratchet up the defense. Because I don't know if that's more so an Eric thing, or I don't know if that's a team not being a team thing. You make the call. It could be both. I think it is both. I mean, the, the only the only people that truly know the answer to that is the coaching staff, like Andy Kennedy, Ron Cross. Like, those guys really know what exactly happened Saturday. Hey, we're not coaches. We just, you know, watch the games and we, you know, give our analysis. But Saturday night was rough, and I, I saw a lot of Blazer fans upset that Andy Kennedy didn't pull Jelly earlier. Did you find any criticism on that, um, Darren? Or, I mean, because I, I like that he did pull him late. Like he pulled him late. He didn't start him in overtime. Like he made Jelly sit on the bench. But I saw a lot of people upset that he wasn't pulled early, early, earlier on. In the ball game. Well, it's cool to it's cool to be an armchair coaching and yeah. say that. Like it's cool to do that. Like everybody's I'm our armchair coach. We it's what we're doing right now. Like it's yeah. cool to do that. I as as I honestly can't understand where he was coming from. I don't think there was a right answer because I mean that's the guy. That is the guy. That's we yeah. talking about all you know the the CUSA player of the year. With this is the guy. So. If he's already established himself as that, you're going to ride with him. You're going to live and die with him most of the time. Like, that's and if, just, if you're Andy, you're thinking, like, okay, surely he's going to turn it on at some point. Like, he's not going to just be completely, you know, lifeless the whole game. Like, he's going to turn it on and, and, and get hot like Jelly always does. Right. Yeah. Like, you're going to – I mean, when we uh, we saw some flashes of that in the FAU and UTIP, he was yes. – he, he's, been, he's been in a funk for a couple of games in a row. But even in those games, he still found ways to score. Like toward the end, he still made some clutch baskets. He still got and got fouled, got downhill and found ways to get fouled, get to the free throw line. He still did those things. So the way your roster is constructed, you're you are really heavily dependent on this guy, you know, to get it done. And more times than not, over his career, he's gotten it done. Well, this is a new team. You know, this is a new year. And I think this team can be scouted and this team can be prepared for. And Look, the blueprint see. is out how to stop Jelly Walker. And it's been proven these last couple of games. All right. you have to do is stay on them and make them uncomfortable. And that's yeah. exactly what FIU, FAU, and who, who was before that? Was that UTEP? UTEP. No, no. Well, well yeah, yeah. Scratch out UTSA. Yeah, and UTEP as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scratch out UTSA. That was a scrimmage. But, you know, yeah, with, with UTIP and even games before that, you know, you, you stay you stay on, you make them see multiple bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you run them off of that three-point line. And when you get there, 
you have another body there waiting in hill position and you make them make a decision. You have active hands and be physical. I think that's the number one thing uh, against UAB that I would do. I would be physical and I would make them. The other thing is you make them defend. Like, okay, I see that you little, I'm not going to, I'm going to pick on you, Jelly Walker. I'm going to pick on you. I'm going to get downhill. So I'm going to, I'm going to make you worry about me. Everybody's worried about you, but I'm going to make you worry about me. So mm-hmm. now that's going to affect your game offensively, and I'm making you work. A la back when Cleveland won the championship against the Golden State, one mm-hmm. thing that they did, they would they would constantly set screens and get stiff matched up on LeBron, get stiff matched on Kyrie Irving. And it was like, no, you ain't finna sit there and just make threes the whole game. We're we going to make you work, and we're going to make you defend, and your legs going to get tired, and we're going to target you, and we're going to target your weaknesses, and we're going to go at that. They've been doing that to Jelly Walker. Every every guard I've seen, they say, oh, I'm going to use lunch. And that 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 stuff will take your legs. And, and plus, Jelly plays heavy minutes. Yes, he does. I mean, that stuff is going to get to you, and then you, you're a little tired. These guys are banging on you. You know, and then you you have to be a leader. So another thing I see about this team is like I tweeted out that you know this t- this team is missing Quan Jackson. Oh man, we are missing Quan Jackson. Like I man, especially on defense. Oh my God, he was a dog. He was rough, and that galvanizes. Think at Trey Jemison, you got a guy like Quan Jackson out on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. He's he's really stopping a lot of that stuff that's coming in. And it's, it just helps you. And then he get in there, he'll get rebounds. He was a high flyer. He just played the right way. We don't have nobody on the team providing that. Nobody. Or, or if we if we do, we hadn't seen it yet. I will say that. If we do, we have not seen oh, it yet. I would welcome them showing us. And, and I think we kind of get it. He do it in a different way. I'm talking, I'm really talking about from the wing and the guard position. But KJ mm-hmm. Buffin does a lot of the dirty work stuff like um, but they, you know that, that that's that's he he's a four man like he's a big he you can you can only do that in so many ways but as a six four six five ish strong physical athletic guard defensively tough he wasn't the best shooter but he would get in and find ways he would cut to the basket get fouled like he did a whole bunch of things the right way and. His joy for the game, like his joy for his teammates, was just on display. One thing that worries me about Eric, like when I when I have gone to the game, every game, every single game I've gone to, I've seen him having extensive conversations with coaches. It looked heated, look like he got he he provided pushback. Mm-hmm. It look it it don't something don't look all the way right there. Now right. now you think about Quan Jackson, you think about Michael Ertel, and how mid range might. In all of those tense situations where the offense died down, man, he could find a way to get to his spot, get a get a good jumper off, mm-hmm. and, and we at least would get a shot up instead of a turnover for a layup on the other end. In, in tense situations, when it's close, what, right now for this iteration of the basketball team, I don't believe in us. I get nervous. I say mm, we're probably gonna turn the ball over because that's what we've done. That is not a that is not a a knock. That is not a oh man, you being negative. That is what's on film. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's, exactly. that's what's on film. So the reason we say these things is because 
These are the things we want to see fixed defensively. 90 points from freaking FIU. 90. Yeah. 90, bro. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Everybody. And, and I know it went to overtime, but still. they. I mean, they only scored 11 in overtime, so. 90, I mean, bro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, anybody that plays UAB, it seems like they eat, like, you you know, hey, we, we probably UAB we can we can lose, but we we depend too much on outscoring people. Mm-hmm. And the way we play is kind of flashy. You know, it's kind of like, you know, all these step backs. So I was telling you in the FAU game, it's like, hey, we kind of came back in and we went on our first run when they went up in the double digits in early. We settled down and got good baskets. Javian Davis came in. Mm-hmm. Good sound baskets. Trey Jimson had got some baskets. It was like, okay, there we go. Some good fundamental sound. Not all crazy. Just get to good positions and get a good shot up. All of that wacky, frenetic, that stuff, when it gets tense and it gets real, all of a sudden, when teams lock in, that stuff starts. That's not dependable. So we went up by double digits. All of a sudden, turning turning the ball over. Yep. You know, our defense don't travel well. And next thing you know, we get physical. We start pointing the point fingers at each other. They get physical. And and that lead evaporates. We've seen that happen. That happened in Toledo. Oh, yeah. You know, we were up by, what, seven? It felt like we should have been up by 15 at halftime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it evaporated. Like, it's like, it just, it's just... Honestly, this team has to find an identity defensively. Mm -hmm. They have to be scrappy. If we're going to have a small backcourt, then we're going to have to be up in your grill. FAU is small. FAU is small, but they are scrappy. They fly, and it's like they want to play for each other. Man, this team, it's kind of frustrating to watch, man, man, because you get the feeling it's all about stats or something. Like, it's all about uh, highlights and stats. Yep. Highlights, highlights and stats. It's like it's political, like playing time. Like I should be playing because I'm this guy. Man, I don't care because you know who I like. I like I like Butter Johnson. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He seems steady. He seems like he's gonna he's gonna play the right way. I wish. And he's a freshman. A freshman. Yes. Like these guys have been. Eric Gaines played at LSU. Like Jelly's a, a veteran. Like these guys. I don't know, man. It is extremely frustrating to see. And I know it's frustrating for Andy Kenny. I mean, you can see it on the sideline. Like, I just, if you go back, and, and I did not catch his post game either because, I mean, to be honest, I was pretty frustrated. <laughs> I, was, I was kind of done. You know, I, was, I was texting you. We were venting about it. But, like, um, like if he, if Andy Kennedy truly does, you know, see the issue about it's really just some guys in particular I'm not going to name on the podcast, but that just are not given the effort or intensity that they need to give on the defensive side of, you know, when they're playing defense, then, hey, all those highlights and ESPN clips and stats are cool and all. But, hey, if you can't play defense, you're going to sit your butt on the bench. Because that's not winning basketball. Exactly. That's not winning basketball. We, we looking to win. Forget all that other stuff. We want to win. When Gene Bartow built this athletic program, like this is a winning culture at UAB, and Andy Kennedy knows it more than anybody else. Yeah, he knows. Yeah. So hey, 
it might rub some guys the wrong way. But, Darian, I would not be surprised to see that starting lineup shaking up a bit come Wednesday night against Western Kentucky. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'd be um... – I, I want to see it, and I want to see the response. I would want to see the response to it because we don't have those leaders like Juan and Michael here. Mm-mm. I feel like those guys were the guys that kind of just really glued that team. And I think that Joy is missing that. Probably got something to do with Taven Love and playing the way he's been playing. And also, I did meant to mention, I, I, I was going to plan – and my notes to bring this up, something is nagging him. Like, I don't Uh-oh. know if it's his lower back or something, but I, I think something is, you know, he, he might have something going on. So that, 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 that's would, another that would thing explain a lot. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. He's not the player. Like, who is this guy? Oh, you know, he's missing layups, missing dunks. That is not Taven Love. And that's uh, not what we've seen these past couple years. Taven is a good all-conference caliber type of guy. Like, he is, he is not the guy. So, you know, if it's something is nagging him, I, instead of playing through it, I'd rather risk, like, just risk. And then we, uh, once you're 100%, you know, get back because we need that guy. And um, we need his leadership. He's been here. He's a vet. We need his lead. We need all the leadership we can. But, you know, I'm just worried about how everybody's yelling. Like, you know, um, like as much as I like all the things that KJ provides, you know, sometimes when we see him, he's, you know, he gets technicals and, you know, he can it seemed like you can get in his head. So I don't know how stable his his like um uh, his temperament is. Eric Gaines has been kicked out the game before and like I said, he's the guy I really worry about because he seemed kind of disconnected at times and like he has to be picked up, you know. And so my thing is like when everything ain't going when everything isn't going right, how is your what is your response? Um, because and Darren, that comes back to communication. Like they've got the guys have got to talk about it on the court. Pick pick each other up. Like yeah. I'm tired of the finger point. You watch it on TV and you see these guys just pointing fingers or yelling at each other. Like you missed this. No, like talk about it and explain what happened. Like like they, we don't need to be pointing fingers. We need to just figure it out. And like, I hate to see like I hate to see Jelly going. Jelly is like naturally like a happy go lucky guy. Mm-hmm. And I think if you take that joy away for him, like you, it, it, it kind of it's probably not what he signed up for. He, he's a guy that plays with joy. All last year, he played with joy and happiness. Like mm-hmm. you can see it. But this year, it's saying, and it ain't. I don't know why, but that same joy and happiness, that same jelly smile, I've been seeing it a lot less. You know, so um, honestly, it might be new territory for him. He has to find that joy. He find it like no matter what's going on. I know it's different personalities on the team this year. And honestly, like Trey, like up or down, it seems like Trey is the only one that's kind of like stable out there. Right. He's like, like the grown man reading the newspaper out there. And he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's the one that's like kind of keeping it. So, you know, we ain't gonna need, we're going to need the president to kind of. You know, try to steady real everybody else in, yeah. Yeah, I, I think once they accept their roles, become a pesky, tough team. You ain't got to be all world defensively, but got they need to feel you. You know, y'all, they need to. It need to be some togetherness. It need to be some help defense going on out there. Like some guys driving in, that shot either getting blocked or you getting fouled hard. You know, it need to be. I need to see those guards get tough. 
you know, and um, and I think, and I and I just need to see some leadership. I need to see some togetherness and uh, some care for each other. And I think it's a lot of basketball left. We have the talent. Yeah. But talent. Hey, they, can, they can ride this ship, man. Like, they can ride this ship. You've got plenty. You've got all of January, February, and hopefully playing a lot in March. Like, you've got some time to get it together. So that's why, you know, it, these things that we are talking about right now and, you know, talking very frustrated about, but these things are fixable. So, like, yeah. and I have tons of confidence in Andy Kennedy that he knows what's going on and that he will know how to correct this. Going exactly. Forward. Exactly. And that's why we like talking about these problems because we're going to be real. I don't care if the players listen or not. They probably don't. They probably do. I don't care if the coaches listen or not. They probably do. What they're going to realize is that we're never going to disrespect them or talk down or talk bad about them because those players are ultra talented and this coaching staff is very, very good. That right. don't mean that don't mean problems don't exist. It's clear problems. So we're talking about them, and we just and we just hope that they get fixed. Like we're not here to be all pie in the sky and sell a dream. We're here to just talk about the reality of the situation and how to maybe how to fix those things. Um, like I said, we're not coaches. They only they know what's going on truly. Only we 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 speculate on what we see. Um, so like we don't even know their personalities, but like I feel like watching the game, you can get a good you can tell yeah, you, yeah, you, you can tell. And, and hey, for you basketball folks uh that are new to BVP, we did the same thing with football. Look, Blazer same Victory thing. Podcast, we are going to be authentic, we are going to be honest, and we're just gonna tell how it is. You know, we had a lot of football players and other people in that building that listen to us so we know you know we've got some basketball folks we are never going to rag on a guy we are going to be extremely positive and give praise when praise is you know deserved but at times like this i know that whole locker room was frustrated coming or you know after the game at fiu like uab let this game just <laughs> evaporate in front of their eyes like they led by as many was it 14 in the second half and just you know this team, this staff, these fans, UAB fans, of course you're frustrated with that. Like, we came in with expectations to win Conference USA in basketball. Hell, we came with expectations to win Conference USA in football. Like, oh. hey, we we embrace high expectations with UAB athletics. We embrace it. So how will this UAB basketball team handle this adversity? It starts Wednesday night in Bartow. Granted, it's a late-ass tip at 8 o'clock at night uh, for CBS Sports Network, so I won't be back at home till 10, 10.30, but that's okay. Hey, let's get it turned around. Another let's opportunity. Crack. Another opportunity. Hey, you're sitting right now 12-4, and 3-2 and two in Conference USA play. 12-4 and four is still a good record. 3-2 and two is not a terrible conference record. We can throw we can throw at large bid. Let's let's get that out of our mind. Okay, like, see, I wasn't gonna bring that up, but yeah, yeah, let's, no, no, no. Let's shut that, no. shut it down. Shut now. it down. Unless, unless you win out like convincingly the rest of the way, maybe you have a small chance of getting in. But no, Bro, that loss to FIU, the loss to Toledo, zero quad one wins at this moment. 
Like it's over. It a quad three loss or a quad four. I don't know, but that FIU was terrible. Like you have completely lost your at large talk. So it is all about going forward, getting 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 better, just heading towards that tournament in Frisco, Texas in March. That that's what that's what this is all about. It's sad because hey, Darren, we talked about on this show, this team was in at large talk for a good bit of this, you know, season through these 16 games. Like even 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 though we lost the FAU game Thursday, you like maybe was, Exactly. Like UAB's net ranking and Ken Palm, like everything was good, but you lose to a trash team like FIU in Ocean Arena or whatever the heck they call it. <laughs> they make it worse. Like, bro. Their court, their court make it worse. Like, bro. You know, how but, are they even allowed to have the ocean on the court? But, like, <laughs> to confuse people. Like, you know. <laughs> well, it might confuse UAB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that probably was it. But. This is what I want people to understand. This season is far from over. There, there's oh. nothing but opportunity left. And if you are a real competitor, if you are someone that is really looking at how to better yourself and looking inward and getting the most out of something, the talent is the talent is there. The talent is part of the ingredients you need. You know, let's say the talent you you making some kind of steak or something. You well, the steak is there. But how you season it and everything else is is what's needed right now. Like we got the talent, we got the main part, but we we bro, have bro, to real, real quick. I don't, I don't want to interrupt you, but I was listening to this song by Usher called "Burn" from his confession <laughs> album yeah, earlier today. And you bring you bring up the steak, man. Don't let that steak burn on the grill. Pick it up, <laughs> medium rare. That's what I like it or medium. Yeah, and let's I get like this medium. together, man. Let's get it together. Let's get yeah, it. Together. Let, let's get it together. We got plenty of opportunity. Like we, when, we when the feeling ain't the same, bro. Yeah, when the feeling ain't. Hey, me and you <laughs> both married, man. We both got kids, like, and we know that marriage. This is turning to a whole nother podcast. We know that marriage, <laughs> marriage is not easy, right? It but ain't a cakewalk. Mm. Yep, in those tough moments, you sit down, you communicate, you get on the same page. And on the other, I always say it's good on the other side of hard, but you got to go through the hard. You got to go through those growing pains to get to where you, but you got to be willing to do that. Are you willing to do that? You have to respond to adversity. And let's see if UAB can do that. They've got three good chances coming up. You know, you've got uh West, you know, Western Kentucky this Wednesday night and then you've got two tough games on the road at Louisiana Tech at the Ted and the Glass House at in Murfreesboro against Middle Tennessee. So, you've got some chances, hey. And after that, you've got North Texas coming to Bartow. So, yeah, let's get right. Let's get right before that day. What's the what is the fire going to do to you? Is it going to burn it? Is going to burn through the team or is it going to create a diamond? Like you you are at a crossroads to where you choose. Like those players on it on the on the team and, the, and those coaches. You're going to let this fire create diamonds or it's going to burn through the team, but now we're here. So it ain't no more time to say, "Oh, we're going to figure it." No, we're here. We got this at the same spot in football and it burnt don't be like Usher and let it burn. Don't, don't let it burn. <laughs> so we'll see coming up. Yeah, we'll see. Well, we're 35 minutes. This has been great. We'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap what happens against Western Kentucky, Louisiana Tech, and Middle Tennessee. Go Blazers. Darren, you want to send us out, buddy? 
Go Blazers. Blazing Nations, let's ride. Trent Dilfer getting them recruits. Yeah.